Friends, you may be interested to know that today marks the birthday of George Mortimer Pullman, or the birth date, if you'd prefer that word. George Mortimer Pullman, American businessman who manufactured Pullman sleeping cars for railroads. Now, just in case you're riding along in a Pullman car and you're not particularly sleepy, I don't blame you. It's time to get up. <laughs> no, but seriously, we trust you'll enjoy the following five minutes of monitor music on your transistor radio. Peter Nero, no relation to the emperor, of course, plays all the things you are, and Alfred Newman's orchestra plays Anastasia. Enjoy the music, but don't miss your stop.
Monitor 62, and this is Mel Allen. In about three minutes, friends, another Monitor Ring Around the World report from a key overseas listening post. A bit later, this sound will serve as the background for a very fascinating story. Listen. Gee, Dad, it's a... I can't say it to be a plug. But anyway, that's the sound of a business executive pursuing his hobby. One member of a fiercely dedicated group of over 1,500 Americans. The details coming up shortly. Our first feature, Steve and Edie. You deserve a boy who's willing, namely me. One who'd love to raise my chillin', namely me. Coming home when the work is over at the close of day. I'd be with you all the way to love, honor, and obey. Cause you deserve two arms to hold you, namely mine. There to comfort and enfold you, rain or shine. I deserve someone sweet and tender, bashful and shy and true. And I know just the one who'll do, namely you. Who's the one you're waiting for? You're the one that I adore. I deserve someone sweet and tender, bashful and shy and true. And I know just the one who'll do. Time to check in on Monitor's Ring Around the World. Ring Around the World, a weekend survey of the important news developments and attitudes from around the globe, as reported by NBC newsmen stationed at key overseas listening posts. Our contact right now is 
as you probably have already guessed by our background music, Canada, Ottawa, Canada, and correspondent Leif Eid. Say, Leif, what's Canada doing about trade with communist Cuba now that the United States has tightened its economic relations with the Castro regime? Nothing, Mel, nothing. Trade with Cuba still goes on, but now it doesn't look as golden as it did. There was a time, Mel, when an exuberant Canadian minister of trade and commerce could say this about Fidel Castro's commercial envoys. They are wonderful customers. You can't do business with better businessmen anywhere. And at about that time, Prime Minister Diefenbaker could find no valid objection to trade with Cuba as with other countries. He said the businessmen concerned will have to make their own judgments on the prospects for advantageous transactions. But times have changed, decidedly changed, since the moment Castro openly proclaimed himself a communist. Since then, Canada's conservative government has been embarrassed by this trade with Cuba. It has become touchy and defensive. It is not that Canada has supplied arms and ammunition to Castro. It has not. It can truthfully claim, and American sources back it up, that it has sold to Cuba nothing on the NATO list of strategic materials. Nor has it allowed American goods to be transshipped surreptitiously through Canada to Castro's Cuba. Canadian trade has supplied no dollars to Castro for subverting weak, nearby Latin American countries. The truth seems rather to be the reverse, that Canada has been mopping up dollars that Castro accumulated through favorable trade with the United States itself. This up to the time when President Kennedy practically cut off all trade with Cuba. But now that Washington is pressing all the Western allies to embargo trade with Castro, there is embarrassment in Ottawa. The liberal opposition to the Diefenbaker government has been making the most of it politically. Liberals have called attention to Canadian sales to Cuba of such things as heavy electrical transformers, airplane engines and airplane parts, copper tubing and dynamite. Conservatives insist, though, that the dynamite was actually blasting powder for use in road construction. But Mr. Diefenbaker and his fellow ministers have not put up a brilliant defense. They have stuck to their position, but at times they have seemed to be unsure and fumbling. Conflicts are obvious. One is in defending trade with a regime that the Prime Minister himself has harshly denounced in political terms. Another conflict is with the conservative selling point of having decidedly increased Canada's exports, its sales abroad in new markets. The big one of these was the long-term agreement for the sale of Canadian wheat to Red China, a $360 million item. Compared to this, Canadian trade with Cuba is puny, something over $20 million last year. Even so, it runs heavily in Canada's favor, and the Conservatives are unwilling to give up any of their new export gains. Finally, there is the point of having Canadian policy dictated from Washington, as the saying goes. Even the appearance of this is political poison in Canada. And let's not forget that this is election year up here. So, as I say, Mel, there's considerable embarrassment in Ottawa these days on the Cuban question. No longer is there any talk about wonderful customers and no better businessmen anywhere. Leaf Eid, NBC News, Ottawa. Thanks a lot, Leaf. 
Friends, we'll make another check in our ring around the world shortly. Meanwhile, our lines are constantly open across the nation and around the globe for direct coverage and in-depth reporting on all major news developments. Hi there, this is Phil Silvers. Glad to see you. Here we are in the Green Mountains of Vermont. I'm about to interview that renowned bird watcher, Mr. Lester Blick, about the new Ford Fairlane. How do you do, sir? Not doing well at all. Do you know it's been a month since I've seen a yellow-bellied sapsucker? Oh, there, there. Don't take it so hard after all. When you've seen one yellow-bellied sapsucker, you've seen them all. <laughs> Say, what do you think of the new Ford Fairlane? The Fairlane's the key to my success. Them birds fly mighty fast, but my Fairlane moves right out after them. Got that new Challenger 260 V8 engine. Zoom! Uses less gas than any standard size six-cylinder car, too. And a Fairlane V8 costs less than some compact sixes. Don't forget that. Forget it. It's darned important. Every penny counts. Yes, not much money in bird watching. The take-home pay is small, very small. You folks out there, you haven't driven a new Fairlane V8 yet? Go down to your four dealers and do it, I'll tell you about it. Hey, I just spotted one so long. A double-breasted seersucker. Run, run, you bird watcher, you. <laughs> oh, silver threads among the gold, Phil Silvers. Monitor checks the calendar, and today marks the date 117 years ago that Florida was admitted to the Union as the 27th state. The date, March 3rd, 1845, and the sun has been shining there most of the time ever since. Hats off and happy anniversary wishes to citizens and officials of the Sunshine State. Except do me one favor. When it's cold up north, don't headline it. <laughs> You're on the monitor beacon. Once again, and the tenor of the times is reflected in this item, datelined Omaha. Listen to this. This is real cute. Members in Omaha, members of a fifth grade reading group in one of Omaha's schools have named themselves the Unteachables. You know what their teacher's name is? Miss Ness. Ain't we got fun? Collectors getting closer 
Thanks, Mitch. You can bring your sing-along gang along anytime. Constipation can be a problem for anyone, even doctors. And when constipation occurs, it's interesting to see just what doctors consider important about a laxative they might use or recommend. Well, a majority of the doctors we heard from had this to say. A laxative should be effective, gentle, close to natural acting. A medicine that can be used with complete confidence. Now, X-Lax has been popular with many doctors and millions of people over the years because chocolated X-Lax is effective. Overnight, it helps you toward your normal regularity. X-Lax is so gentle, so close to natural acting, there's no upset and no embarrassing urgency the next morning. That's why many doctors and millions of people use X-Lax with complete confidence. X-Lax, the laxative that helps you toward your normal regularity, gently, overnight. Folks, did you ever hear of the A-T-O-E? A-T-O-E. Well, whether you have or not, they happen to number over 1,500 strong, and they get glassy-eyed and start to tremble if you even so much as mention something that I didn't mention a while ago because I said it would be a plug, but it's all right now. The mighty Wurlitzer, or any of its cousins, the silver-throated Barton, the Kilgan Wonder, or the, what was it, the double-breasted seersucker? Oh, no, that's not part of it. Or the Marr and Colton Symphonic Registrator. Well, some sort of bird-watching group perhaps have discovered several rare species. Uh, Seriously, though, the ATOE happens to be the American Theater Organ Enthusiasts Club. American Theater Organ Enthusiasts. Club. And just like the antique auto buffs or the electric trolley car worshippers, they have a sacred mission to save these relics of the past from the junkyard. For an example, we go to monitor reporter Gene Garns. Mel, we're speaking to you from Renwick Studios here in Jamaica, Long Island, where a four-manual Wurlitzer theater organ has just been rebuilt and installed. And at the console, we have Dick Scott. Dick is also vice president of the ATOE. Dick, just what is the ATOE? Well, it's American Theater Organ Enthusiast Club. There has been a recent revival in the interest of organ music, and to what do you attribute that? Well, the bigger revival, of course, is due to the stereo hi-fi people due to the fact of the tremendous spectrum of tone, which we'll now show you. Something for the woofer? Hang on, we're going down the cellar. How about the tweeter? Truly tremendous sound. You got that right, Buster. Dick, this is Mel Allen back at Radio Central. I tell you, I'd like to know how the old theater organists used to get those special tone changes and various shadings to match the emotions of that very, you know, just right at the very second on the movie screen. Can you handle that for us, Dick? I'm going to show you how we do it. I'm going to hold one hand in one position and press the preset buttons, the combination action, 
and changed the different moods. And that's how the, the moods were created in the old-fashioned theater organ days for sorrow, happiness, mm -hmm. all kinds of chase scenes. This is the way they did it. This is sort of a one-man symphony orchestra. Yes, sir. Takes me back to the days of Pearl White and Tom Mix. No doubt about it, Gene. Say, Dick, how about giving us a little bit of that sobbing effect the old theater organ was so famous for? Gosh, I remember I used to enjoy that as a kid. <laughs> I was a kid once. I was just laughing at the very thought. Uh, at the silent pictures on a Saturday afternoon. Here comes the heroine down the walk. And we add the octaves to it, or the full chorus of tibia tone. That was the backbone of the mighty theater organ. Well, now... Dick, can this organ also be used for concert music, church music? Yes, we can by merely taking off all the tremulance in the organ and getting what we call straight tone. Now we get the theater tone. I see you have a full row of pedals here beneath you. Uh, show us just what they sound like alone. Well, they're actually the organ. You can do everything what your hands can do, except not quite as fast. That's no hands. Dick, suppose you put all this together now and let us hear what it'll really do. Here we go. After a sound like that, what is there left to say? Dick Scott, we want to thank you for being our host here at the Renwick Studios. It's been a real sonic pleasure. And so, Mel, with that, we'll return you now to Monitor at Radio Central. Really, I was having some fun, but that, that's, that, that's tremendous. I know it brings back some wonderful memories of the golden age of the movies to a lot of people, including myself, the all-important organ accompaniment for the likes of... 
Francis X. Bushman, Norman Talmadge, Rudolph Valentino. As a matter of fact, it almost brings us up to the present time because, as you know, in the great uh, uh, movie houses across the nation, when they had the stage presentations, they always had an interlude of organ music. In fact, the organ you folks heard was the four-manual, 21-rank, uh, mighty Wurlitzer studio organ, which used to uh, be played in the Paramount Theater right on Times Square in New York City. And uh, the gentleman you heard play it uh, bought it. Uh, and uh, just a hobby with him. It's, it's really wonderful. But before you run out to salvage that old organ from the old Bijou on Main Street, wherever you may be, you might be interested to know that one organ enthusiast recently spent $10,000 to purchase, ship, and install an old organ and a special annex he had to build behind his house to hold it. Now all he has to do is rewire it, re-leather it, tune it, voice it, and learn how to play it. Anyone for tennis? All righty. Now for some news about two hefty, beefy, beanie new soups from Campbell. Hefty, beanie, beefy. Hefty, beanie, beefy. New Campbell soup. Two new soups from Campbell. Two great new soups from Campbell. New chili beef soup with pink beans, lean beef, and just a dash of chili. And new vegetable bean soup, chock full of good garden vegetables in a beefy broth. Try both soon. Monitor calorie counter. Certain vegetables are low-calorie ones, and if you stick with them... You'll be all right. Six beers of asparagus, 25 calories. Two-thirds of a cup of beets, 50 calories. One cup of grated carrots, 50 calories. Two small raw tomatoes, 50 calories, for example. And by the way, here are some vegetables whose calories you don't even have to count. String beans, cabbage, cauliflower, celery, lettuce, parsley, radishes, romaine, watercress. Eat all you want and think thin, but let your doctor be your guide. You know, adolescents have many problems, and so do their parents. Discover why adolescents act that way in March Reader's Digest. This Digest article reveals in detail the mysterious inner developments that transform a child into an adult, how an entirely new person is born during the process of adolescence. Now, if you want to understand young people better, don't miss Why Adolescents Act That Way. March Reader's Digest, now on sale. This is NBC. NBC.